When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hey all you heroes and champions, crows, pirates, and inquisitors. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Austin. And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From the Maker to Lyrium to Aravels, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we talk about all things regarding the lore of the Dragon Age series. I am Austin, also known as Teacup. I am one of your hosts for this podcast, and I'm here with my other host. Yeah, I'm Shelly or Sheacup, and we are super excited to talk about Dragon Age today. Yes. So today is a special episode, right, Shelby? It's a very special episode. Why is that? <laughs> um, well, this is our June patron chat, so we have all of our patrons here with us. Well, all of our first Enchanter patrons here with us today. So we can kind of go around and introduce ourselves. Uh, we'll start with Syke. Hey, Syke. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Yeah. And then we have Derek. Hi, guys. Uh, and I'm going to try to do this, but it, uh, if I butcher your name, I'm sorry. Uh, Coca Shins. Hey, how's it going? Uh, and then... Uh, Lisa M, or uh, or they're known in the Discord, LSFMX. I think I did that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's various letters from my name. Yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go by Lisa. And then last, but certainly not least, is the lovely Genesis. Aw, thanks for having me back, guys. All right. So, Shelby, what are we talking about today? Well, today we are taking a page out of the Two Girls, One Ship. Uh, playbook because we're talking about our favorite romances in Dragon Age. So I'm very interested to see if we all have very similar ones, like if multiple people have picked um, like the same favorite romance or if we're all totally different. I think it could go either way easily. So are we ready to get started? Yeah, we'll just go down the screen again and just kind of share with us your favorite romance in a little bit, just why and yeah. So psych. All right. Um, so my favorite is uh, Cassandra from uh, Inquisition. Um, can't say no to a strong woman. <laughs> There's a lot 
like there's a lot of nuance to her i feel like that you get a little bit of just by being friends with her but really opens up when you romance her and i I think she's i I find her cute and quirky so so we'll do a real quick just kind of opening up does anyone else like rank cassandra in their like top five romances of dragon age i do i haven't done it yet Uh, i haven't finished the game as a romaine romance with uh, Cassandra, so I haven't found out yet. So it's a lot of fun. So yeah. choose wisely for your divine is really all I can say on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you get <laughs> you get a really cute scene if you play your cards a certain way, and it's it's so heartbreaking but so funny. <laughs> In trespasser, <laughs> I like Cassandra. She's up there with me, mainly because she's one of the few Inquisition companions that gets a quest associated with her romance. And that's a lot of fun if you haven't done that. I'll save my thoughts for later when I share. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, then we'll go to Derek next. Oh, um, I chose Alistair. It was a hard decision, actually, but I chose him mainly because he was mostly because I heard that he was an interesting romance uh, option. And I chose to just play through the game as as a Kuzlan warrior. And I found out that he's pretty weird and funny and an interesting character put all together. Pretty heartwarming too. And uh but he wasn't clingy either as some of those romances in some games can be. I found that he was uh he often cracked me up too in a couple lines. Like and this is at the top of my head and I wrote this down at like nine thirty, so bear with me it was like what we're walking through the woods and wind says i can't notice how you watch her alistair wait what huh when you're wait, watching her now something like that it just made me laugh and the the later on appearances and awakenings cracked me up and i know they were kind of cheesy but it was funny just seeing them interact even though the, the protagonist was rather was a uh, silent protagonist and but it was a neat interaction between Alistair and you know it was an it, it was a good interaction I mean I almost, I almost chose Meryl but I had to choose Alistair. Alistair and Wynn have some of the best dialogue in that game it's just hilarious and I feel like when you do romance Alistair if you take Alistair and Wynn and Morgan in your party like they all just kind of roast him for liking you and it's hilarious to me um just that whole dialogue is great so uh there yeah there's a dialogue where Wynn attempts to give Alistair the talk which is hilarious oh yes I remember that one and I I had to stop all gameplay just to listen to it I mean he kind of needs the talk so like respect for Wynn to take that off Anyone else have thoughts on Alistair? He is one of my top uh, favorite romances of like pretty much any game. I l- <sighs> okay, while me personally does not like the whole innocence aspect of it because I don't like the idea of my character sleeping with a 19 year old boy, but uh, you know, he's totally adorable. His body model is absolutely gorgeous. And I just love to watch his character development throughout the entire series. All right, uh, Koga Shins. So it was a uh, 
It's very hard deciding, but I had to go with uh, Fenris with a uh, Mage Hawk. Um, <clears throat> Fenris, you know, just like he was a slave to Daenerys for so many years. Um, you know, suffered you know physical, emotional, and psychological abuse at magical hands. You know, killed his friends at the order of his master. Um, I think, you know, it talked about uh, like physically touching his tattoos caused him physical discomfort. Um, and, you know, his, I feel like part of the foundation of his character is his in, inherent distrust for mages. But with a mage hawk, he sets all of that aside. And I think at one point he says that that was, you know, choosing, pursuing that relationship was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. Um, he he runs out after the romance scene because he's too scared of the happiness, but he he comes back. Um, I think after you confront Daenerys's assistant, he like he runs out on you again because he doesn't want to be comforted, but he doesn't go home. He goes like straight to your house to apologize. Um, and then even at the end, you know, he doesn't hesitate to side with you over the Templars. You know, as, as much as he distrusts the mages, he is that committed to your relationship. Also fun fact, he wears like a red ribbon around his wrist and he has like the, the hawk, a male crest on his belt if you romance him. And he wears that mm -hmm. like the whole rest of the time. And I just, I, I love it. Austin, we know you love Fenris. <laughs> he's uh, one of my favorite characters of all dragon age maybe all video games yeah i definitely think like his romance and just like his inclusion as a character in the game is really important because he's such a person of trauma and like overcoming that trauma and there's so many people in the world who experience trauma and horrible things maybe not to the, like the level or the severity that that Fenris has but we can all relate to that we can all relate to that at least a little bit. And so I really appreciate um, him as a character for that reason. Also his voice, so sultry. Yes, this is true. This is true. He's in another video game series, uh, Gideon Emery. Do we, who knows which one it is? I well, can't remember. He's in Destiny 2. He voices one of the NPCs. I can't remember which one. Um, I know that he does a bunch of Elder Scrolls voices as well. Yeah, I that's can't remember right exactly what it is. Yeah. He's also Balthazar in Final Fantasy 13. And so he's a main character that is with you the entire game. And mm -hmm. that's where I fell in love with his voice. <laughs> which, which, which character is that in Final Fantasy 13? It's what like, look like? Bal Balthazar. He's the gun guy that hangs out with the bunny chick. Uh, yeah. Lisa. Uh, I have gone for these purposes. I'm going with a pretty left field one, um, Dorian Parvis, um, which for me was sort of a an interesting progression. Or I think this is the romance that I had to kind of work on the most because um, people who know me will know that I'm kind of a killjoy with my constant need for critical reading. So I I came into it thinking like, ah, oh, here goes that stereotype. And then grew to love Dorian as a character, how he's performed, how he's written so much that um, I chose him for my second romance after in, in Inquisition after having accidentally started off with the Solus one. 
and after all of the world building, law building, giant revelations of my first playthrough, I really wanted something. Let's see what the normies are doing. Meanwhile, you know, just none of that, um, none of that immortal, ancient nonsense. Just two shams in love. That's yeah. So, so, um, and I got very attached to it. It's a romance that left me with very positive feelings afterwards and um yeah i'm happy to go into the details later but yeah this is a, a feel-good romance for me and also one that i think about a lot in respect to uh, the upcoming game aka dad um because yeah i really want to see what dorian is up to and i'm quite worried about him i have to ask what race were you when you first romance dorian Kunari mage. So I, I, yeah, I figured um, they would have some common ground, both ostracized mages of some kind, um, but also then, of course, it's a political. Uh, look, does he bring him back to Tevinter? Is that can that be considered treason? Hard to say. But I like uh, thinking about that. Would also be interesting with a maybe with a Dalish or Elven mm -hmm. Inquisitor. Hmm. Yeah, I go back and forth all the time, like thinking about would it be more dangerous for Dorian to be in a relationship with an Elven Inquisitor or a Kunari Inquisitor? And I think I finally landed on Kunari, but I, I could be convinced of either side pretty easily. Yeah, I think there's a reason that they included the the optional um, romance with the Iron Bull that will just happen in the background because that is just the most ridiculous possible plot that you could think of. And Dorian loves it, I think, for its whole ridiculousness. Well, I think one thing that I appreciate about Dorian is the way he's written as a character. I really appreciate that his sexuality is important to his character, but it's not his entire character, um, which makes him feel all the more real to me as a character. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't say that at first. I fell for into the trap of seeing the the stereotypes that are included um, and then completely did a 180 on it. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into that too much. Otherwise, we're going into sort of academic queer readings of characters and then I can talk about that for two hours. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe leave it at that for now. I love Dorian. But I always feel really bad for him because the bull is my canon romance in the Inquisition. So I'm like, oh, you're all alone. Oh. But and that's why they should include non-monogamous relationships in Bioware games. And hopefully they're working on that. All right. Jen. One, it sounds like I have found somebody that we need to interview on Two Girls, One Ship. Lisa, if you would like to join us one day. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh yeah if you can deal with my rambles about dorian sure yeah no problem i would love that. yeah absolutely but anyways so i came in and i was wondering should i go with something that austin is going to hate and say that my favorite romance is anders or should i go with the one that i'm really really having a lot of fun with right now and go with the iron ball why don't you tell us why you love them both? Okay. Uh, the big thing about the Iron Bull is that I haven't finished his romance yet. And I have not spoiled myself on it. 
at all. Uh, I think I only watched the one hilarious scene and that was the only snippet that I had seen before I watched, uh, before I started playing the game. Um, so I've not spoiled myself on how it ends or anything like that. Uh, but I really do love the way that it has developed so far and going into all of that. Um, but my, the reason that I love Anders so much also is that he instantly pulled at my heartstrings when I saw him giving milk to kittens. And I'm like, oh, not only that, but you started calling me sweetheart. And it's like nobody else in drag in DA2 that I could think of gives you a pet name like that. A sweetheart is actually just, it's, it's what we use in our relationship here. So I'm like, I like it. And it connected well with me. Well, then what did you think about the ending um, with Anders doing his little Anders thing? How did how did that end for your playthrough? Uh, actually, I was OK with it um, when he decided to take a stance and make something happen, push the line forward to you guys have been debating, arguing, trying to solve something for almost 10 years. Words aren't enough anymore. Here is something that is going to cause an action to be taken. And I was like, all right, I am in full support of my sister, Bethany, and I want to be able to start something that is going to have an end. I was okay with it. Austin, are you seething? No. <laughs> I'm going to save my thoughts for our Anders episode. No, sure now. Mm. Oh, okay. Sure a little bit now. I was just going to say that I don't disagree with anything Jen said. I just wish Anders hadn't committed mass murder to take his stand. Mm. Valid. And I, the biggest thing about like, and this is really what gets me with Anders comes to two things. One, it all has to do with Fenris, but the other thing that gets me with this is Anders' deception because up until that point when I first played DA2, I was all gung-ho. Anders like, yeah, Anders, you got a point. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll help you do whatever you need to in the Chantry. And then me at whatever, I think I was like 19 or something when that, when I played that game and the Chantry blows up, I'm just like, dude, come on. Yeah. We could have done this better. Not that we didn't have to not do it. We could have done it better. Uh, and, and I see that. And I agree with you on that point that I do not like the fact that so many people died in order for that to happen. But I also, for me, trying, I wanted to romance Fenris. As soon as I saw him, I was like, ooh, hello. And then the voice hits and I'm like, oh, freaking hello. But then some of the first words out of his mouth are like, I wish Bethany were dead. And I'm like, yep, nope, off, Writ completely written off. And I couldn't, I, I don't think that you, can you change his mind on the stances of mages? Does he ever fully accept any of them? As much as you can change someone who has been enslaved and abused to the extent Fenris has about mages, um, we can talk about that where he is at 
kind of post DA2 is kind of like, okay, maybe not all mages are bad, but all Tevinter mages are bad. Okay. I actually have a point on that. Um, <clears throat> at one point he says, I have no doubt that some are good and noble men, strong enough to resist temptation, but how many temptations do you wish to offer a man before he will give in? I meant to mention this in my part, but uh, like, I think to your point, Genesis of, does he ever actually like, can he actually ever, you know, move past that resentment of the mages and distrust? In my view, like in, when he's romanced, I think he does because he's choosing to love somebody that he views as a possible ticking time bomb. And it's like, why would you choose that if you didn't see a greater, like something, a, a better, greater good in that person that you might be wrong? Mm -hmm. There's also a conversation that happens if you are not a mage, Hawk. And so you have Bethany. Anders basically will say to Fenris, he'll be like, you know, not all mages are weak. And Fenris, Fenris basically claps back and says, Bethany's not weak. And then Anders is all offended. He's like, are you calling me weak? I'm not weak. And, he go and Fenris basically goes, you need to prove it to yourself because you're not fooling anyone. Hmm. All right. That's my favorite, Fenris. <laughs> Genesis, I have a question. Um, did, you, did you cover um, Anders on your uh, podcast? We've not done Dragon Age 2 yet. Um, it's scheduled for the end of the year. Uh, we like oh. to do Dragon Age around December because Dragon Age December. Oh, well, that's kind of falls up. My question is like, I, I really think like the Alice, I mean, excuse me, I'm still on Alistair, but Anders <laughs> has like, <laughs> Anders has like, there's vastly two different Anders in the game. Like Awakenings Alistair, if I had the choice, I would have probably romanced him instead of the, one in DA2, mainly because mm. he was kind of fun, a little bit fun in Awakenings, I mean, a little annoying, but, and then we got, you know, we're getting into the topic of him being, you know, going to those extremes. Do you, what, what did you play? You played the Awakenings, right? Or? Uh, no, the version that I got didn't come with a whole lot of DLCs, um, so I did not get that version of Anders, but I do know of it where him and Justice are separate, they're not yes. combined yet, so you do get a different version of Anders, but even with Justice, I don't mind a switchy boy, I'm good. I was gonna say that I think, um, I, I, I go back and forth on this all the time, like whether or not I like Awakening Anders more or DA2 Anders more. And I saw this tweet recently that was talking about how basically Anders in Awakenings is just like discount Alistair, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Like he is just kind of the jokey um, character and doesn't have as much depth as he does in DA2. Um, but I do think we really start to see Anders, especially in act one, when we first meet him, um, we see like how much he cares for other people in his, um, I don't know, his little clinic thing. Um, like he wouldn't be doing that if, if caring for other people wasn't important to him. And so I think that really tells us a lot about his personality and who he is, uh, regardless of, of justice or not. And then over the course of the three acts, you really start to see him change, I think, um, and become more bitter and, and more into vengeance than justice. And so I think that that's such an interesting arc that it's always gonna beat out what we see in Awakenings. 
I always say that Anders and Jowen are the same type of characters, that Anders just cares about other people and Jowen doesn't. Hard disagree. Hard mm-hmm, disagree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a hot take, Austin. <laughs> like, verifiable hot take. Correct. Right. I mean, it really is like that they have similar views on the circle. They have similar reasons for fleeing the circle. If we take in awakening Anders. Um, but it's just that Anders cares about other people. Anders would never abandon someone that he quote unquote loves because things are getting dangerous for him. I mean, I hear your point, but like you can have, I can like agree with someone without being the same archetype as them. That's true. I still think they're similar character types. We'll have to agree to disagree because I'm not over this. (laughs) Okay. So I'll let uh, Shelby go last since she's the lore person. So her opinion is obviously correct. Um, No. Saving some points there, Austin. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite romance is obviously Fenris, but I'm not going to talk about that because we already talked about Fenris. Um, I'm going to talk about my favorite Dragon Age Inquisition romance, which happens to be Cullen. Um, And I really enjoy the Cullen romance, mainly because I'm a sap for the sad, broken person who needs to be loved and fixed. Um, And that's Cullen to a T. Uh, He's been through a lot. And I think Cullen is a good... example of a redeemable character the way he starts and finishes are completely different characters and he grows to see the errors of his ways and to see him like repent and carry the regret of what happens in Kirkwall I think is a good example of a redemption story that we don't often get in media I just think it's really interesting how you are talking about you are a sucker for like the person uh, that's broken and needs help putting themselves back together, but you don't extend Anders that same grace. I see his point uh, to, I guess, say it. Um, Colin doesn't do what Anders does. So that's fair. That's very fair. And to be fair, in my canon, Anders is dead, so Anders doesn't get a chance to atone for what he did, uh, because this is, in my playthrough, that's the only time I've ever rage-killed a character. I clicked that execute button so fast, and then I felt bad about it, because you basically just, like, kind of walk up to him and just stab him in the back. You don't even look at him or say anything to him. Oh, Jen, after the, after Zevran and this, Jen is just not going to be my friend anymore. <laughs> uh, first, you tell me that you kill Zev, and now you're telling me that you kill Anders. What, are you going to come up and slay the bull and Alistair on me too? Jeez. I think with Anders and like the difference between Cullen and Anders is that Anders makes a choice to basically become what he's been trying to tell the Templars that he's not. Um by letting justice possess him and basically become an abomination. It's kind of like the whole thing about like, okay, Orsino, you've been spending all this time telling Meredith that you're not going to use blood magic. And then you reveal, not only are you using blood magic, but you, you know, sanctioned the research that killed my mom. 
Like, you suck. So that's kind of where I am with Anders. I hear that. I guess I just feel like Colin and Anders are a little bit the opposite um, of each other. Like, Anders is this person that is, like, fighting for mage freedom, right? And then he has, like, really bad decision-making skills. And, of course, because he's an abomination. And so he, you know, commits genocide and terrorism. But then Colin... Cullen, when he's in Kirkwall, he's second in command to Meredith. He he could have stopped Meredith at some point. Like it's within Cullen's rights as the second in command of the Templars to be the person that checks the power of the Templar that's in command. And then if they don't listen, it's his job to then go to the rest of the Templars and say, okay, like our leader has has gone past their duty, it's time for us to remove them. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that at all in Kirkwall. And I think that's part of what haunts him in Inquisition. So I feel like they both have a lot of lives on their hands. It's just that we get to see Cullen redeem himself and work to make amends for that. And we don't get to see Anders do that at all. Yeah. And I think that like, if I had let Anders live, I think there's potential for him to like actually help the people that he ended up hurting. And I think that's another point with me and Anders is like, yes, you make this stand, but your action results in the death of so many mages. And so, but I think that if you ask Varric what happened to him, if you let him live, he basically says that he is helping the rogue mages escape Kirkwall and get, or something like that. And so maybe, I don't know. Oh yeah. Blondie's still around. Varric talks about him when, especially when yes. questioning, uh, when you question him about Hawk, Blondie Bear is still around. I don't have a favorite origins romance because- Because you didn't do any of them. Well, I've done them all now. I just, none of them appeal to me. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about your first playthrough again. <laughs> yeah, Listen, let's not bring that up again. My first playthrough of these games is always terrible. Bioware is, I suck at the, getting the good ending the first time at these Bioware <laughs> games. I didn't recruit Lilian on my first playthrough, if that makes you feel any better. Totally missed her. Look, many, here's many the, mistakes. When you play Dragon Age coming off of KOTOR, you just skip Lothering because you assume it's just like Terrace and really like nothing important for a planet you spend most of the game on. Nothing important happens there except for rescuing Bastila. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like having redone it recently, like, yeah, it's just there to teach you how to do everything. And it's really fucking long. So that's how I viewed Lothering. And that's why I didn't get Sten or Liliana. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about two. Um, my most favorite, like my personal favorite is Cassandra. And I'm sure y'all could all have guessed that. Um, but I really love her romance because I feel like it's such an awesome representation of like a strong woman who is a warrior and who is maybe a little rough around the edges, who is literally buff, who could kill you barely like with her fingernail, but also in her romance, 
she's so tender. She is a sap, as we know from um, her reading of Varric's novels. And I love that juxtaposition of like the strong woman can also be sentimental and sweet and tender. Um, I don't think we get that characterization a lot in video games or just in general media at all. So I really love it when we see strong women who are not just strong all the time, who can have that tender side, who can have um, the soft side that they show and let their guard down to the people that they love. And I, I very much love that. Um, what I don't love about her romance is that she's only romanceable by a male inquisitor. I am not a fan of that. I think she should have been romanceable by uh, any gender. So that is my that is my gripe about her romance. But I do love the romance a lot. And um, I will say that's the only time I've ever played a boy inquisitor and um, probably won't be the last time because I do want to romance Dorian, but yes. So I love Cassandra, but also I wanted to talk about Meryl for a little bit um, because I really didn't like Meryl when I first played through Dragon Age 2. I thought she was kind of annoying and like, why would you be involved with this mirror that's talking to you? Like that seems obviously not good. Um, but I romanced her on my most recent playthrough in Dragon Age 2. And I just really got to know her a little bit more than I did in my first playthrough. And she also is a very sweet and tender character. And I love that she doesn't let Kirkwall like make her bitter. I love that she doesn't... Um, let the city take away her merrillness, if that makes sense. Um, and, and also in the romance, I think that we really see how much she really cares about her people. That's why she's doing all this. She's not doing it for her own gain or anything like that. She's doing it because she cares about the people, her people, the Elden people. Um, so I, I appreciate her romance for that as well. I have a question. Yes. Do you think you would have had the same reaction to Meryl the first time you played if you hadn't played a Dalish Inquisitor in DAO? You mean a Dalish Warden? A Warden, yeah, that's what I meant. I don't know. Um, because that probably, I'm just thinking that would like color your interpretation of an Alluvian. Yeah, that's fair because of the, the blighted one in that origin. Um, you're probably right that that did have an impact um, for sure, but I didn't put that together at that time. Yeah, I agree, uh, Shelby, with uh, what you said about Meryl. I mean, she she was a very independent and interesting character throughout DA2, and I'm glad that somebody here <laughs> chose her to, to represent her because she's such a, an interesting character. Meryl was my first romance. I recently romanced Cassandra for the first time, and I was like, Okay, Bull, you can go back to Dorian for a while. <laughs> but uh, I was almost the opposite with Meryl. She was my first romance in DA2. And for a while, I first liked her. And I was like, oh, great, you move into my house? I love it. Like, yeah, you know, totally. Let's, you know, you should focus on helping your people. But the more I played it, now I'm kind of like, why did you move in my house? That This is very quick and sudden. Also, you're kind of betraying your people a little bit with your methods of preserving them. So, so now I pursue like the rivalry with her, which is equally interesting for me. I hear is a point in 
you know, having things in the same thing. I do not support Meryl's blood magic, even, and I don't support Anders' blood magic either. See, I support I support Meryl's, but not Anders. <laughs> Is that hypocritical? Yes. Do I care? No. One day we'll talk about my Meryl is an agent of Fenra, Fenharel theory. We should do a DAD theories episode and that can be part of it. So I think just for funsies, real quick, let's go around and do either your least favorite, what you would categorize as your least favorite romance or just the romance that you are not interested in. I'll go first. Mine is Blackwall. I recently did the Blackwall romance um, and it's just vanilla to me. When you compare it with like the depth and everything that you get with the Bull's romance or Dorian's romance, Cassandra's, Cullen's, all of these other romances, it just kind of falls flat for me. I agree with that. I would also pick Blackwall. I, I kind of vaguely started doing it and he's like, lady." immediately. I was like, nah. <laughs> and then I watched the entire thing on YouTube just to see what I was missing. And yeah, despite his whole really quite intense redemption arc, the romance itself doesn't seem to, there's not much weight to it in some way. It didn't, didn't give me the feels. Right. I think part of it for me it lies in his actual like character design, like his model type, in that like he has like resting I'm about to cry face. There yeah, are so he, many. He does see... <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just gonna say the resting cry face. I the the first couple of interactions you have with him if you're trying to do a romance is just him basically saying, I'm I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. It's very off-putting. Um yeah, and maybe he also kind of looks like that. I kind of liked the fact that there were, quote, not attractive romance options in Inquisition, because in my opinion, Sarah's not all that attractive in, um, you know, especially comparing it to like how the origin characters would look if they were in a better engine, uh, game engine, they would be gorgeous, all of them. Um so Sarah and Blackwall to me are the normal looking people and I like that but then they also gave them really normal bland romances and I'm like no you should have made them super awesome because normal looking real world people are awesome. <laughs> the character models I do feel like speak to you know kind of who they are right Sarah comes from um uh, as an orphan, uh, you know, city elf and so forth, right? And then Blackwall and his uh, his past, right? He's not someone, or he tries to not be someone of worth anymore, right? Um, as someone who also, like, personally deals with like uh, feelings of inadequacy, I I like Blackwall. Like, I get him as a person. Uh, I also understand like the look, like his face just looks tired. He he mm. looks world weary to me. And so I get that. I get that a lot. I will say that regarding Sarah and Blackwall, I do think that of the Inquisition companions, maybe other than Cassandra, they're the morally like superior 
companions, the ones who have like, if anyone has the moral high ground, it's those three people. Only Blackwall after he like redeems himself though. Yeah, that's true. I want to throw out this bomb out there. I would absolutely simp for Vivian, but my, uh, my least favorite romance and is also one of my earliest ones. And I'm real sorry, Genesis, but it's Anders because I always play as a mage and I'm like, it's not that bad. Also, like all of these people are doing blood magic though. <laughs> like they have a little bit of a point. Just don't do blood magic and you're fine. Also, why did you move into my house? Please leave. Okay, point though on that one, Anders doesn't have a house. He's living, he doesn't have a house. So him moving in with you makes sense. The only part that doesn't make sense to me in Dragon Age 2 specifically is that there's no continual romance scenes. You can walk up and kiss your Dragon Age Origins character whenever you want to. You can kiss him mid-battle and then uh, you can go in Inquisition and kiss whoever you want whenever you want but then da2 where your dude's literally living in the house with you are you saying i can't walk up and ask to kiss the guy living in my house that's fair i'm gonna chalk that up to rush development yeah i would i would say that one as well of like they just didn't have time to really put the you know spit polish on that uh also like as a point for the mages like no no shit's really bad i would just say that not if you're Hawk. I mean, Hawk, you can just basically summon right, and yeah. sacrifice a demon and no one's going <laughs> to bat an eye. Right, yeah. No, like for Hawk, it's great. For everyone else, it's not. Hawk can pl- practice blood magic and nobody bats an eye. Ah, uh, the powers of money. And plot armor. And that. I don't care for Dorian. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's safely where I should stop talking. But I want to know why, though. <laughs> uh, all right. So there's all a right, lo- one- there's a lot of reasons actually why people legitimately there's a lot of legitimate reasons. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm um, also interested to hear it. So when I first played it, you know, um, as you know, I was a male canary mage, and I just found him insufferably arrogant and i was just like my dude stop it took it takes uh, for me it took way too long for him to show the rest of his character and then by then i was already locked into a relationship with uh cassandra i was like it takes to the end of the game for me to be like okay you weren't quite that bad but you could still just yeah a little bit all right but yeah, so that that's for me, like why I just didn't like Dorian. From me as the Dorian simp, um, I can see, I, I can really see that happen. Like I had a similar sort of strong reaction against at the beginning, um, but then kind of spent a lot of time to- thinking about all the characters and the uh, what 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 the arrogance that he brings across is to me now is just kind of like the. Um, the demeanor of someone who is processing fairly severe trauma um, and making making pretty brave decisions constantly, just kind of carrying himself in that way to kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. just shield himself off to the world 
a bit and kind of, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I've not really psychologically analyzed it, but I kind of, um, yeah, think about his, his background so much now that I can never really perceive this, the, the banter as that arrogant anymore mm. and then if you say arrogant you can i mean also he comes from a incredibly privileged background in yeah. uh, as an altus to winter guy which um you know he's detached himself from for obvious reasons um you know family politics uh horrible stuff including conversion therapy aka blood magic um but he still has that background and you hear him talk, make flippant sounding comments about slavery where you're like, yeah. oop, um, but that's, that's how someone like him, I guess, would deal with that. Um, mm. Sounding kind of resigned and or flippant, which could very well be triggering to people listening to that who, yeah, let, let's get, Anders, uh, let's get, sorry, let's get Fenris in, in a room with him and that'll be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oof. I don't know which one. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's not the easiest. He's not the easiest uh, person to make friends with. But then once you do, it's pretty much the ideal best friend. There's another gay trope: the gay best friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, true. I just want to say Fenris would kill Dorian and then force Dorian to use his own magic to bring him back as a spirit. <laughs> That's probably yeah. true. That's probably true. Um, oh, I was going to percent. I was going to add, I think, as a Taventer mage, like, and future magister, arrogance is literally bred into him from, like, 18 generations back. So I try not to fault him for that, even though I do find it annoying myself sometimes. I find that, like, and I made this realization during our Dorian episode, that Miranda Lawson and Dorian are the same character type. Um, just both are trophies that their fathers want to parade around uh, for their legacy. Um, both suffer trauma on this ideal to be perfect. Both use arrogance and, for lack of a better word, bitchiness as a shield to keep people at a distance, to keep themselves from being harmed. And both characters, once you break through that, reveal an emotionally deep character. Um, and so once I made that realization, my view of Dorian and Miranda really changed in that. Dorian is the guy that I would leave the bar with, but I'm not taking him to meet my friends or my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. Um, Derek, have you shared your least favorite romance? No, not yet, but I will. Um... It's a little hard for me. Like I, I, I'm kind of in the middle of a game, um, Inquisition, and I'm trying to romance hard romance with Sarah, but I'm being I'm as a an elf, and she's being very very uh, abrasive. So, <laughs> as one might suspect, and being a mage more too, difficult than more... the Winter Palace, I would argue. Mm. Yes. What's that? In terms of approval as an elf with Sarah, I would say worse than the Winter Palace. <laughs> um, and I, I think down at the bottom, I would have to go for some of you as Blackwall was kind of a disappointment. I and mean, he was probably my first romance in uh, playing the, when I first picked up the game and 
I my care I, I felt like that was pretty of a letdown him just t- taking off after the the night of so it was just that was kind of a, a disappointment and I kind of figured that was uh, I mean I know he has the redemption arc and he's probably one of the best tanks in the game but I felt like you know and I I did actually at one time left him in the prison and I felt bad for that <laughs> but um I I feel. Those are my guys. Those are, that's those are my uh, romances. I, I I do feel like Meryl was sort of another option, but I feel that she was also sort of a her blood magic was the one thing, and the having to go and kill, you know, having to do everything for her and all of that, and having to kill her clan was just too much. So it's maybe a little controversial. But my least favorite romance character is Hawk. I don't think that, like, honestly, I wasn't a good girlfriend either. Like, you know, I don't know. The Hawk just didn't do it for me. I, my warden was really good to Alistair. And so far, my Kunari has been my, has been really good to Iron Bull. But I don't know. Hawk just didn't seem like a very good boyfriend girlfriend i think that like hawk very much kind of falls into the bro trap of like the way the voice acting is done sometimes and the way that the character model is they rely so much on the romanced character for like the intimacy whereas like no intimacy comes from the player character yeah which is a major criticism i have of bioware games uh, yeah, so I was just like, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I would romance Hawk. Like, that's not my choice, so that's the worst romance for me. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd go on a date with Purple Hawk. Uh, I guess to kind of, like, support that, it's also just another one of those signs that the development of two was a little rushed, like, because you've got two out, of, two out of three main characters, right, that are pretty much well written and then you've got hawk and he's kind of they are kind of a, a slump there hawk's too powerful mm-hmm. like as a player character he's too powerful the things that he does it's like nothing could ever like break him like i fully expect if you leave hawk in the fade i'm oh, sorry um Sorry, Jen. Uh, oh, no, I, I got past that part. I know what you're oh, talking awesome, about. Oh, awesome, awesome. If you leave Hawk in the fade, I fully believe he'd get out. Just because yeah. the games have presented him as that powerful. Or that, or she. Yeah, I agree with that, I think. And also, like, if your Hawk is a mage, there's no way. Like, how do they not know? How do they not know? You know, especially if you're a blood mage, Hawk. Like, how? Everyone should know. But anyway. Hawk's going to come back. Blood Mage Hawk will come back with the fear demon as their bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Shelby, who's your least favorite? Um, Well, before I tell you my least favorite, I'm literally shocked that no one has said Solace is their least favorite. I thought I we would have. Some, I thought we'd have some that that love Solus and hate Solus, and also 
same for Anders, but we did have some of that. Um, Solace is not my least favorite though. My least favorite, actually, this may be a little bit of a hot take, um, is Josephine. Mm -hmm. I did not, I thought it was just kind of vanilla. Um, kind of like what you said about Blackwall Austin, even though there is the fun cut scene where you can like um, duel the guy she's engaged to or whatever, but it just, other than that, I didn't really feel like there were any moments where Josie and the Inquisitor like got to establish a relationship with one another outside of like work. Like you can flirt with her, sure, but I, I just didn't really feel like there was anything I guess deep there. Um, so I didn't I didn't love I didn't love her romance. So I think it speaks for for me having the same sort of feelings that I did not even think about her in terms of didn't even cross my mind that she's in the mix there for romances. Yeah, can I change my answer? Because I completely forgot Josie was <laughs> even an option, uh, which is like kind of like how you forgot uh, G zero T zero existed, Shelby. Like, <laughs> I just totally forgot Josephine's even an option. So, yeah, I would throw mine in for that. Yeah, Given and I think the problem is she feels so professional. Like, she just works. She doesn't really do anything fun. Like, she doesn't talk to anyone outside of work. She never leaves her office. Like, I just see her as professional. Right. And, like, if you want a true, like, they paint Josephine as kind of, like, the bisexual, pansexual, like, option. But Bull is right there. Um, Jen, one, are you going to say something? Yeah, there's one other character that nobody has brought up yet. And technically, he's a DLC character. But Sebastian is also yeah. a romance option. Oh. That's because that Sebastian good. sucks. <laughs> exactly. I'm aware. But if I want still an option. If I wanted to date Sebastian, I'd go back to high school. I am currently romancing Josephine in my Inquisition playthrough. Have you liked it so far or have I read it? I like it and I like her. I didn't know, I know this game is super old, so it's not, it can't be considered a spoiler, but I didn't know that she's engaged. Sorry. She's oh, cheating <laughs> on me. No, oh, it's, no, it's not really like that. It's not really like that. Um, She's cheating with me. <laughs> <laughs> you are the other person. <laughs> oh, we should um, have a honorary mention of the flirtation with Scout Harding because mm -hmm. it's just so nice. Or is it, I don't know, you're kind of the inquisitive flirting with this, one of your employees. It's awkward, but it's also just really nice. And of course, doesn't go anywhere because she has a DLC relationship of her own. Um, but I just wanted to mention her because she's great. She is great. I love her. And I swear, if we don't get a dwarven romance in DAD, I am going to be upset. I hope the dwarven romance is the one that betrays you. Stop. <laughs> Don't so. even that out there. Dude, you were like this close from not sleeping on the couch. <laughs> nah, you're fine. <laughs> so she won't I, make me sleep on the couch because then the dog will keep her up all night because I'm not in the room. That's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Or I'll get too cold. <laughs> um all right well is there anything else we have to talk about with romances 
think so. Not for me. Right. Let's wrap this thing up, Austin. All That's right. Your well, Shelby, why don't you read our patrons that we read every episode? All right. So we always thank our first five patrons, and some of them are here with us today. So I'm just going to read all of your names out. Lisa M., Genesis, Derek B., and Zuba. Thank you all so much. And we are also highlighting our new patrons. And we do have a new patron today, and that would be Becky. Thank you so much for becoming newest patron. Yeah, thank you so much. Um... And so we'll just go down the list really quick. And if any patrons want to share where people can find you, if they want to ask questions or chat with you. And so we'll just start with Syke since he's the first. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, so I've got three things to plug real quick here. Uh, so first I'm Syke88 on the uh, Robots Radio Discord. I am one half of the uh, MCU Lorecast, which We'll start putting together episodes here soon since my host uh, has gotten much better internet. Um, that is with uh, Captain Shenko. The second thing is the Mass Effect Blue Shift. It's a tabletop RPG set in the Mass Effect universe. Uh, I'm one of the players. It's a lot of fun. We're working on new episodes now. Uh, and then lastly is a more local thing. If you are in the greater Oklahoma City metro area, uh, come down to Norman and see me in a production of Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, if you need more details for that, you can look up uh, Norman Family Theater. Derek. So you can contact me on Discord on Derek's Dragons. Um, and on my other my other life is I'm a professional art artist, and you can check check my workout at, on Instagram at Perfect Poultry Portraits. And I, yeah, paint pretty much a ton of oil paintings and whatever. So <laughs> that's my uh, touche life. So check it out. Yeah. Uh This has been awesome. Um, I am Cash underscore Collins on Twitter and I'm Cash C Collins on Instagram. And then I'm also on the, uh, the Discord. Lisa. Yeah, I've got nothing gaming related to plug. Yeah, I'm on the Discord as LSFMX. And um, otherwise, if you want to see my illustration work, it's at uh, lisamax.net. Um, that's it. Uh, this was great. Um, I could uh, chat for another three hours if there was time. All right. Genesis. Uh, yes, hello. I am Genesis, one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. We have episodes out about all of the Dragon Age Origins characters, and then we also did a special sit-down interview with the Cups, um, where we talked about pretty much all Dragon Age romances. Um, but we've also covered other Bioware games, um, Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2. We're currently working our way through Cyberpunk right now. Um, and we record Friday nights. So if you want to come follow us on Twitch, we are at twitch.com slash two girls, one ship. Um, and we have cross platforms on everything. So it's uh, all one word, 
all spelled out t-w-o-g-i-r-l-s-o-n-e-s-h-i-p um, but you can find me on the discord um the main one i'm jenna sis and on the cups discord i am jenna sith because i have to represent holocrons in there i like it all right. Well, you can find us on our personal Discord server, the Cups Podcasting and more. You can find that link in the episode description, or you can head over to the Robots Radio Discord where you can find us as well in our own channel there. That will also be in the episode description. Also, and lastly, if you would like to come on the show with us once a month, you too can join our First Enchanter tier and join us once, once a month to talk about all things Dragon Age. But we will be back here again next week, continuing our series on magics, demons, and spirits. Oh, my. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, Email them to us at dalorecast at gmail.com. The Dragon Age Lorecast is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. You can join the Robots Radio Network Discord by clicking the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and give us a review. See you next time. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3CountThoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell.